Welcome to Subscribing to Wellness, the show where Rachel Newman and myself, Daniel Fairman, sit down with leading founders, executives, and investors committed to building a healthier future for consumers. Today on Subscribing to Wellness, we are joined by Jake Bullock, co-founder of Can Beverages. Can is the number one selling THC-infused beverage in California, and Jake and co-founder Luke are reshaping social drinking with their microdose, non-alcoholic, vegan, gluten-free, low-calorie beverages that deliver a perfect uplifting feeling. Jake spent time at Bain & Company in Bain Capital prior to getting his MBA at the Stanford Graduate School of Business. Jake, welcome to Subscribing to Wellness. How are you, man? Doing well. Thanks for having me. Thanks so much for joining us. We are huge fans of Can. We get really excited anytime function is being brought uh, to a product in the non-alcoholic space as, as you're doing with Can. And obviously, you guys have had tremendous growth over the years. And we would love to start off by just hearing a little bit about how you came up with the idea and how you got started. Excellent point about function in uh, in an alcohol alternative. I think you know the origins of Can were rooted in this idea of finding an alternative to alcohol. I'd grown up in Colorado, and I'd sort of followed the cannabis industry, been a little bit confused with the products that were making it into this new industry or industry in transition. Really, edibles kind of were like gummies and and pieces of chocolate that didn't seem very adult and didn't make a ton of sense. If you know we're really saying these products are going to be widely available, when you think about how consumers want to consume cannabis. And, and that was the early exercise we did. We looked to other analogs and those are other mild intoxicants like alcohol or caffeine. And interestingly, we um, we drink them and maybe more importantly, we drink them in micro doses. The reason that you can have you know, a handful of beers in, in one setting or a couple of glasses of wine, or I've had three cups of coffee today, right? Like you can only really do that because the amount of the intoxicant that you're consuming in each you know, unit of beverage is really low and it unlocks the social potential of the product. And so that's really how we thought about it from the early days. When I was at Stanford for business school, California had just passed adult use cannabis. So it was a great opportunity for me to spend those two years trying to figure out like testing on classmates, product developing, running prototypes and learning as much as I can about this industry. And we really truly believed that as we got older, our hangovers were getting worse. Alcohol is the worst thing we do to our bodies. And wouldn't it be great if there was some way to have a better for you social beverage? And there are products out there, right? Like you've always been able to grab a Red Bull or an espresso or something when trying to avoid alcohol and get it, get some type of buzz. That's really a caffeine buzz. It's a little bit different. Like what could you create a social buzz? Something that you actually enjoyed being around people with and wasn't too jittery or crashy a lot like alcohol, but you could build on over time. And in some ways we're in that world. We live in this better for you world, not just similar to you know, plant-based meats and chickpea pastas, we're taking a problematic ingredient, in our case, alcohol, and we're subbing it out for a less problematic one, cannabis. And in doing so, we maintain the most important part of a social beverage, right? Which is the buzz, the actual feeling of it. I think that's really key. Uh, we can go create the most delicious non-alcoholic cocktail. It probably will be fairly caloric. Putting that aside though, it's not gonna give you the buzz, then why are you drinking it? And I think a lot of products that we saw in the early days in the market doing this, we sort of scratched our heads a bit and said, wow, it seems like either they're sacrificing the buzz or they're adding a ton of calories and often a lot of adaptogenic nootropic substances that, you know, maybe we'll find over time will be really, we'll, we'll get that perfect blend that, that delivers an effect, but you know, more likely or not, it's very difficult to absorb things through a beverage. And we know that from, you know, all sorts of different experiments have been done with, with various substances. What does that actually do in your body is a big open question. What we love about can is we know that we're delivering a buzz that THC and CBD will do something in your body in, in, in concert. And it will feel a lot like the sort of same strength and the same effects of, of having a glass of wine or a hard seltzer. I think that the last point is so, is so key for the whole answer. I mean, 
I think there is a buyer who loves wine so much, but doesn't want to necessarily have to consume alcohol when drinking it on a weekly basis if they have a busy day the next day. And so I do think that buyer exists where they're willing to enjoy without necessarily a deliberate function. However, there are so many players who are promising you adaptogens or promising you an effect from from CBD that really genuinely fail, in my opinion. And THC is so proven. No one is arguing that THC isn't a function that's going to affect you. Everyone knows that THC affects you. And so I appreciate the deliberateness of kind of the function. And of course, there's people who who deliberately don't want THC. They can enjoy unspiked or just choose to not consume can, and that's fine. But you guys are being very deliberate after what you're going for. And I, as a consumer, really appreciate that. Could you talk a little bit from an intro perspective, just genuinely about the portfolio itself? What are the flavors? What are the different variants? Just to give our listeners a sense as to what the actual portfolio looks like. Yes, definitely. So Ken has a range of microdose beverage products. Microdose, we mean the amount of THC in, in each product and that ranges, but generally is under five milligrams of THC. So we've got products, our core line of cans or the original products we launched are two milligrams of THC. They're in little eight ounce cans, they're very cute, cute packaging. And we have unique flavors. So lemon, lavender, blood orange cardamom, grapefruit rosemary. We like pairing some sort of approachable fruit flavor that you know with maybe more savory, adventurous herbal extract that might be new to you or something you haven't ever had in a beverage before. And and that really balances the two together. We use agave nectar as our sweetener, only a touch of it. Our our cans are 30 to 35 calories in, in that core line. And, and they're really meant to be drunk, you know, like you would drink light beer. You, we sell them in six packs, share them with a friend, have a, you have control because it's a beverage, you'll absorb it faster. Uh, you'll feel the effects uh, in five to 10 minutes. And then after about an hour, you'll feel them sort of subside. And so you can drink up to your own tolerance. We also launched a high boy line. So these are sort of our play on the tall boys and they're stronger. They're for somebody with, with a higher tolerance, as, as you can probably tell from the name, they have five milligrams of THC in them. And in, in similar flavors, we also have a bunch of seasonal flavors, which are great. And we do limited one-time flavors as well. And then our, our, our third line of products is, is a, a new form factor, a liquid packets we call the roadies. And this is really can without the can, take it on the go. There are all these places where you'd love to have six pack of can, but you know, it's kind of heavy to carry around. Maybe it's a hike, maybe it's a beach, maybe it's a plane, although you know, federal government doesn't like you doing this. It's really portable. You can make a can by just adding sparkling water, or we find people, you know, really tap into their inner mixologist and and use the roadie product and its sister product, which is our can in the bottle, which we did in 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 our winter seasonal cranberry sage flavor, to really use that liquid, which is the same liquid that we use in our cans, to make your own take on cocktails or fortify a favorite drink with a little bit of THC. And those are really popular. We also have a line of lights and just available in California, but they have no added sugar and are 10 calories. We just launched honeydew mint, which is kind of a fun one in the light flavor and great for people that are, you know, following some sort of strict diet, keto diet. They don't want added sugar. Tastes amazing, but no agave. I love all of that. Big fan of can. I think what also makes your product so unique is, as you mentioned, the flavor combinations are really, you know, it's not typically what you see in your kombuchas or your other RTD drinks. You kind of alluded to this a little bit, but are people mixing these with alcohol? Like, are you seeing that a lot through social or through your customers? 
It is, it definitely took us by surprise. It's more common than we would have expected because, you know, we positioned the entire brand and we created the product in large part to drink less alcohol, but there is a segment of customers. We kind of call them our YOLO customers that think about this as another arrow of intoxicants in their quiver and they use it kind of in interesting ways. And so they're often can floaters on top of, uh, you know, gin and tonic. That's a common use of the roadie, uh, the lemon lavender roadie. We also have people that use the actual can liquid as a mixer, which is kind of interesting as well. I think the important important point is that it is a mild enough dose of THC and CBD that you can mix it with alcohol. Alcohol is the dangerous part of that equation. And we never encourage it as a brand because we don't really want to take on that liability from the alcohol side. It just doesn't really make a ton of sense, but it does go to how mild our products are that this, this will not crossfade you. This is not sort of like being, you know, very drunk and smoking a joint. Like we're not in that world at all. It, it kind of just has both effects living a little bit simultaneously in you together. Totally. Um, I think it's really interesting. You guys were one of the first movers in the category of cannabis and THC in, you know, an RTD drink. And as Daniel talked about, you know, leading with this function and alternative function, as opposed to, you know, we see many RTD drinks in the alcohol space. How do you see the other players coming into the market, such as Moon and Artet? You know, like, how do you see them as either competitors or adding value to the space? Yeah, so it's interesting. When we started, all the RTD were much stronger. So 100 milligrams down to 10, I think, was the lowest. And even 10 is is way too much THC. To, for me, it would be kind of like drinking all the alcohol you're going to drink in one night in the first 10 minutes of getting into the bar, right? So those didn't really serve the mainstream consumer that's looking for an alcohol replacement, something social they can have a number of. But that's obviously changed. Like you point out, there are lots of RTDs in the space doing something very similar to can, often with very similar flavors. But we love this. We see this in our best accounts where they carry the full beverage of assortment available to them and it helps our sales. We do the best in dispensaries that invest in beverage and believe it's a category and want to give consumers choice. We think ultimately we differentiate on taste and that's what that's what consumers love. The brand stands for something that means something to them as well. And so really having more options helps sort of the entire apparatus of a retail dispensary operation invest behind and believe in beverage. Right now, if you go into MedMen, say, for example, and you say, oh, I'm kind of a first timer or I've had a bad experience with cannabis in the past, or I really like these you know, chocolate pieces that are five milligrams, but I break them in half, right? That bartender is probably going to take you to the fridge and say, this is where you should you should be living because there are all these great options that are in the, the range that's perfect for you. And it's a beverage. So it's even more mild in, in that you can't just drink the whole thing right at once or you generally don't. And so that's good. That's a good thing for us. Where we really struggle are the accounts that haven't gotten at that point yet, right? They're like, someone comes in asking the same thing and they bring them over to edibles that are, you know, 10 milligrams. Or they say, oh, you know, you should really get this vape, which is, you know, mostly CBD. And that's, I think, the myth that we see in, in the industry now. We want those folks coming in with alcohol experience background, maybe a little hesitant around cannabis to be thinking beverage. Super interesting. I wanted to just talk a little more about kind of the channels and the distribution just to educate our listeners a little bit. And correct me if I'm wrong, but the FDA largely has not approved the cannabis kind of derived products for traditional. And and as a result, traditional retailers like Whole Foods cannot really take this product in, given that they do try to follow FDA guidelines. Is that right? It's even more restrictive than that. So cannabis, um, THC, uh, still remains a Schedule One controlled substance, which means it has a high potential for abuse and zero medical value. 
um, which is ridiculous because it's used wildly across the United States for all sorts of medical conditions and under the supervision of doctors. And so, you know, this is a situation where the federal and regulatory environment and, 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 and statutes are lagging pretty dramatically behind oh, the, the actual science and, what, and what's going on. And, and partly the science has been hindered by the fact that there hasn't been real science research on this for, you know, decades and decades because of the sort of federal crackdown and the war on drugs. And so there's a lot of big issues that need to be resolved there. But, you know, it's if only it was just the FDA that needed to approve these products, it would make our lives a lot easier. But there's a lot of entrenched both legal issues and political issues kind of in our way. And so when you think about scaling this brand up, is it about, you know, kind of one by one penetrating the dispensary landscape in the United States, having the digital presence and then getting ready for that day when, you know, mass retail is a serious possibility giving the legal environment and having those building those relationships with category buyers now so you're ready for that moment or how do you kind of plan through that process i think we think about it a lot the extent to which it informs our day-to-day strategy is really the key question and i think you look at it both ways and you say you know how what is our our current view on on federal legalization or legalization event or some sort of you know change in 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 the restrictive environment that we currently operate in and then we you know what would be our strategy if it never changed and and where those diverge we can have a conversation about like whether it makes sense so you point out you know how much do we invest in a channel where we're not available for sale but we could be for sale in the future and, and i think the answer is you know we do and that's why we have the unspiked product and we're starting to do that we're starting to have conversations with retailers across the country about carrying unspiked and our flavors and really having a conversation with consumers you know in advance of that now that may never come or it may come and it's not in the way we expect right i think it's entirely possible that we have uh, a change in the federal status of cannabis that does not actually change any of the state cannabis laws and you still can't bring these products across state lines and you still can't sell them outside of dispensaries that's entirely possible and so we have to really work with the rules that we have on the books today and do that in, in a legal and compliant way and then kind of have one eye to the future as we think about some decisions is this a very heavy dominated millennial consumer that you've found you're selling to for the most part or are you seeing kind of a wider uh, array of ages purchasing the product? Our largest segment is a millennial segment, but interestingly, we've been very surprised by the age span that we've seen. We have really strong young moms, young parents. We talk a lot about this crazy thing that happens to a few of our accounts in the desert in California and Palm Springs, Palm Desert, around this time of year, January through April, where it becomes some of our best doors system-wide. And it's because of all the snowbirds, so retirees and and, and grandparents that are you know living in, in Palm Springs, Palm Desert for the, for the winter. And so there are these really interesting pockets of folks. And I, and we think it's because, you know, demographics isn't often the best way for us to think about our business. Now, marketing, you know, 101 tells you don't try to be everyone, everything to everyone, right? You'll end up failing at everything. And that is true to an extent. But if you think about it, we operate in a segment right now that has the potential to be as wide ranging as alcohol, liquor, beer, wine, hard seltzer, all this stuff, but has like a tiny, tiny fraction of the brands and products. Uh, variety. We're really serving that need for people that have frustration with alcohol. And that is almost universal, right? 80% of, of adults say they want to reduce their alcohol consumption to some extent. And, and many folks are saying, you know, we want to stop drinking entirely. We're seeing this sort of interestingly in the, the Gen Z segment, which we can't really, we're not really there yet, right? Most of them are still under 21. But for the ones that are old enough to, to drink our product, we're seeing really inter- interesting elements there as well. And so I think it, that will change over time. You'll see you know, more product types, more brands, a, a larger variety across these types of products. But at least for right now, we're predominantly millennial and have pockets elsewhere. Yeah, it's interesting during dry January, I see all these 
surveys coming out every year and each year it seems like the number of people answering that they either want to reduce alcohol or completely eliminate alcohol from their lives just continues to rise and if that's not a big enough proof point that non-alcoholic is here to stay I don't know what it is agreed so, so with that Jake what is next for can I know you probably can't share too much with us but what's next in the pipeline yeah, a few exciting things. We are available for sale, sort of a soft launch, but in a number of dispensaries in Arizona starting this week, which is really exciting. So folks that are out in, in the Arizona area, keep an eye out for us. We should be growing there, you know, o- over the year, but really exciting new market opening there. And then, you know, we'll continue to innovate on product. I think it's one of the things that Luke, my co-founder and I love the most about this. As you can tell from our seasonal flavors, we've got, you know, ginger lemongrass, which is the one we do in the spring coming soon in March. It's absolutely fantastic. People always telling me, why don't you make it all year round? And it's because we've got all these other really fun seasonal flavors and one-time limited stuff that we'll do. So keep an eye out for really interesting flavor news. We love to to drop those. Love that. We're going to transition into what we like to call our favorite area of the podcast, which is our rapid fire. We're going to throw some super random questions at you. No pressure. Whatever comes to mind, just throw it back at us. Okay. Great. All right. Go-to snack. Ooh, go-to snack. Angie's purple popcorn. Nice. Very specific. CBD or THC? THC. Favorite canned beverage or flavor? I really love the ginger lemongrass flavor, so I'm excited for March when we get that back on the market. Nice. Favorite place you've ever traveled to? That's a great question. I'd have to say the Amalfi Coast. Nice. Guilty pleasure. I love re- watching reality TV, particularly rewatching Survivor of uh, watch rewatching Token Chains right now, which is, is truly wonderful. Love Survivor, classic. <laughs> I thought you were uh, going to say, you know, like ice cream or like Starburst or something. You know, <laughs> yeah, reality TV show you can rewatch the same seasons over, and it really it doesn't doesn't really get old. Yeah, last question we asked all our guests this, and it's just what it really means to subscribe to wellness for you. And so essentially, what are you focused on a weekly basis to ensure that you continue living a healthy life while balancing can? It's got to be so interesting hearing all the answers that that your guests give because so much for me of wellness is figuring out the right structure that allows you to actually do what you want to do. Like I can write a, a list down, a million goals that I have for my own sort of like personal wellness, mind, body, soul. Like how do I organize these things. And the list is exhaustive. And and we know just from how busy we are in our lives and that you can only do so much and it has to be done in a certain way. Right. So for example, I can commit to working out three days a week, but I can't, the fourth is really hard. And like, I don't know, it's just something like that's just the extent that I can do it. And sometimes I can, and sometimes I can't, but like, I know that if I just force myself to do the three, that's really important or like meditating. It's like, okay, I'd love to meditate every day. Like I just couldn't figure out how to make it work. Right. And so I, for me, wellness is, is really about like, what are the systems and processes that you can hold yourself accountable to? Not like in an aspirational way, but like that you actually can do and stick to those and lean into the ones. Because I think we often gravitate to the things that we like doing or that there's something about it that um, feels more natural or easier for us to commit to. And that's really what wellness looks like for me. And you know, it shifts and changes over time, of course, but like, it's really about accountability. It's so funny. I think your wellness answer is really a metaphor and a clear analogy to uh, your canned beverage because it's, you know, taking away alcohol yet giving people another function. And I think we see that more and more, especially in this month in January, as we're recording the episode, you know, people looking for alternatives 
in the alcohol space and, you know, they turn to other things that can make them feel a separate way. So very interesting that your answer is just all about your beverage in, in this some way. Where can our listeners learn more about Can? The best two places are at Drink Can on Instagram and drinkcan.com. And if you're in California, you can also buy our products delivered to your door through drinkcan.com. Great. Sounds awesome. I will get an order in. Like I mentioned, we've been seeing it all around campus. Huge fan. Keep going. And uh, thanks for joining us today. Yeah, thank thank you for having me. Have a great one. Thanks, everyone, for listening to today's episode. Feel free to rate, review, and share the podcast. And of course, don't forget to subscribe to Wellness. If you'd like to sponsor us, please see the supporter link in our podcast bio. We hope everyone has a great rest of week filled with wellness, and we'll see you next time.